Imagine it's early on a Sunday morning and the roosters are just beginning to crow to announce the new day. You're Mary Magdalene and tears stream down your face as you walk through dew-covered grass with two other women to take burial spices to Jesus' tomb. The events of Friday still haunt your thoughts as you can't get the brutality of Jesus' crucifixion out of your mind. Ever since he healed you, you have followed him everywhere he's gone. You truly thought he was God's promised Messiah, so you don't understand why he's dead. As you come over the hill, you notice something different about Jesus' tomb. Maybe the darkness is messing with your eyes, but the stone seems to have been rolled away from the entrance. Not only that, but there seems to be light emanating from inside. You quicken your pace, but hesitate at the entrance. Questions race through your mind. What will you find inside? Why is the stone rolled away? Where are the soldiers who are supposed to be guarding Jesus' body? Slowly, you peek your head inside and are startled to find an angel who smiles at your arrival, as if he's been waiting for you. The other women enter and their shock at finding an angel, and not Jesus, is clearly evident on their faces. The angel seems to be enjoying your confusion, but then he says, Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus, but he isn't here. He has been raised from the dead. This heavenly declaration overwhelms your spirit. You stumble backward as you remember all the times Jesus told you to not be afraid because you could trust him. But you admit to yourself that the shadows of fear and doubt had won the past few days and had caused you to forget his promises. Your tears of sadness are suddenly replaced with shouts of joy. Jesus is alive. He did defeat sin and death. He is God's promised Savior. You race out of the tomb to go and find the disciples. They have to know that Jesus is alive. I'm Pastor Michael, and this is Chicken and Waffles, the Bible podcast for preteens, where learning and obeying God's Word creates preteens that are unique and unforgettable, just like Chicken and Waffles. Hey, welcome preteens. It is the last chapter of Mark. I am so glad you guys are here with me today, and today is an awesome episode we get to celebrate, right? But I also want to celebrate one of our listeners. You know, the other day I asked you guys if you're loving chicken and waffles to leave a rating or review. And you know what? Several of y'all did that. But specifically Ben, who is 10 years old, he left a review and he said, This is the best thing I've done for a devotion, just like I love and eat chicken and waffles. Ben, man, I appreciate you leaving a review. I love that you're a fan of Chicken and Waffles, the podcast, and Chicken and Waffles, the food, because I think they're both pretty amazing. So, Ben, thank you for leaving a review. Hey, and anytime a preteen leaves a review in Apple Podcast, I will read it in an episode. So if you've been waiting for the invitation to leave a review, this is it. So go out there and do it. And I would love to hear how you feel about chicken and waffles. 
Now, let's dive in to Mark chapter 16. And in this chapter, we find Mary Magdalene and two other women going to place burial spices on Jesus in the tomb. Now, they didn't put Jesus in a grave like we do today when people die. He was wrapped in some sheets and then placed in a small cave. And then after they placed him in the cave, they would, they would roll a large stone in front of the entrance of that cave. And so burial spices, they were put on a dead body to, well, let's be honest here, to help cover up the smell of a body that has passed away. And so that's what they were going to do. And, and you know what? That reveals that they did not think that Jesus was coming back to life, right? If they really thought he was going to come back and defeat death, they wouldn't be taking these burial spices out there. They didn't believe he was going to come back to life. So let's find out what happens in verse 5. So Mark chapter 16, we're going to read 5 through 8. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You were looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Now, what does it mean? Remember, whenever we read Scripture, we got to ask two questions. The first one is, what does it mean? And that's our chicken question. Now, can you imagine the shock the women received when they walked into the tomb and didn't find Jesus? But instead, they found an angel. And so they experienced emotional whiplash in that very moment, right? Because one moment they were sad, they were crying, they were depressed, Jesus was gone, all their hopes and dreams dashed. But in the next moment, it was complete joy, excitement, happiness, all of that. And it happened in a second, right? So just imagine, say it's your birthday, right? So happy birthday. And no one told you happy birthday all day long. Now, how would you feel if that was the case? Because all day long, you'd be like, it's my birthday. And why isn't anybody telling me happy birthday? And so as you go throughout the day, you just get sad. Hey, nobody cares. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants to tell me happy birthday. You know, all of that. And so you just get sadder and sadder and sadder throughout the day. But then when you walk into your house at the end of the day, suddenly right when you open the door, All of these people, all of your friends and family are in the house, and they go, surprise, happy birthday. What would happen to your emotions in that moment? Whoa, they would all flip, right? You'd be like, oh, woe is me, I'm really sad, to, oh, everybody loves me, it's a party, let's have a great time. That is emotional whiplash, and that is what happened to these women. Jesus had told his disciples he was going to die and come back to life, But you know what? That was just too impossible for them to even comprehend because how could someone die and then come back to life multiple days later? They had never seen that. That's impossible. So when Jesus died, everyone deserted him and they believed he was dead for good. However, there was only one who denied even knowing Jesus. You remember who that was? Yeah, that was Peter. 
But did you catch what the angel said? He said, go and tell his disciples, including Peter, right? Because Jesus knew that Peter would be wallowing in guilt. You ever felt like that way before when you've done the wrong thing? You're like, ah, what is wrong with me? That's how Peter was. And so Jesus was going to go and spend extra time with Peter to help him know that he had forgiven him. You know, on the cross, Jesus defeated sin by being the perfect sacrifice. And then in the tomb, Jesus defeated death by coming back to life. Now, do you know that there are two things that people cannot defeat? There are two things you and me, we can't defeat no matter what. And you know what those things are? Sin and death. We can't be perfect no matter how hard we try. And we can't bring ourselves back to life no matter what we've accomplished when we were alive. We can't do either one of those things. But by doing both of those things, Jesus proved that he is God and that we can place our trust in him for our salvation. So I want y'all to remember our big idea today is that Jesus defeated sin and death, so I don't have to, right? Because we can't. So here's the question, what do we do with this? If that's what this means, what do we do with this? That's our waffle question, because remember, every time you read God's Word, it should impact the decisions you make and the actions you take. Now, aren't you glad that you don't have to defeat sin and death? Like, you can take that off your, your to-do list today. If you had written down, you know, what you had to do today, and two of those things was defeat sin and defeat death, guess what? You can cross those off because Jesus has already done those things for you. God knew you couldn't do those things, and because he loved you so much, he sent Jesus to accomplish those impossible tasks for you. So as we wrap up our study of Mark, if you've never made a decision to become a Christian and follow Jesus, I want to make sure that you know how to do that. There's only one way to be forgiven of your sins so that you can have a relationship with God and then be able to go to heaven with him after you die. Now let's talk about that. First, you have to admit that you're a sinner. Now I've got a question for you. How many of you have ever done the wrong thing? Now, wherever you are, raise your hand if you've ever done the wrong thing, okay? I'm raising my hand right here. Admit that you've done the wrong thing. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And you know what his standard is? Perfection. Now, you know who everyone includes? It includes you. It includes me. It includes your parent that may be sitting right next to you, right? Be like, Mom, Dad, have you done the wrong thing? You need to admit it if you've never done that. Everyone, we have all fallen short. So first, you admit that you're a sinner. You raise your hand. But second, you repent of your sin. Now, in Acts 2.38, Peter said, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. So when you, when you think of this, I want you to think of, say, you're walking in one direction, and in that direction you're lying, you're cheating, you're being mean to your younger brothers and sisters, you're being disobedient to your parents. But when you repent, you turn 180 degrees and walk in the opposite direction. That's what it means to repent. You say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done, and I don't want to do it anymore. So first you admit that you're a sinner, you raise your hand, then you repent of your sin, you turn around, and then last of all, you submit to Jesus as your Lord. 
Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to imagine that you walk up to Jesus, and if you're going to make him your Lord, you bend your knee, you kneel before him. Now, Lord is one of those words that often we only use it in church, right? It's not often that you use it at home. Uh, But another word that you may be more familiar with is boss. You're making Jesus your boss. You're telling him, I want you to be in charge now. I'm bending my knee to you because you're in charge. I don't want to be in charge anymore. Now, when you do those things, when you admit that you're a sinner, you raise your hand, when you repent of your sin, you turn around, and then you submit to Jesus as your Lord, you bend your knee, guess what? In that moment, you become a follower of Jesus. That's what it means. You give up complete control of your life, and you say, Jesus, I want to follow you. You're the only one who has been perfect. I am not. Please forgive me. I want to do whatever you tell me to do moving forward. And you know what? He will save you in that moment. He will rescue you from your sin, and you will now be able to spend eternity with him, first here on earth, but then after you die, you'll be able to spend eternity with him in heaven. And if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, I want to encourage you to talk with your parents about that. And then uh, talk with your minister at church, whether it's your children's pastor, maybe you have a preteen pastor, or even your pastor pastor at your church. Talk with them about that decision. Nothing would make me more happy than if you made that decision to follow Jesus. You know what, preteens? We have made it through the entire book of Mark. And I have loved having you join me these last several weeks as we have gone chapter by chapter through the entire gospel. Now, if you've missed a couple of episodes, hey, that's all right. You can go back and listen to them. I'm not going to think it's a horrible thing if you listen to some of these episodes out of order. That is okay. I want you to know that I'm really proud of you, and that I'm glad that you're joining me on this little journey. And I hope that you're going to join me for the next episode, which will be a special Christmas episode for those of you who are listening in real time. Because I want you to remember that every time you learn and obey God's Word, you're becoming unique and unforgettable, just like chicken and waffles. I'll see you next time.